Welcome to The Way Shamanism. I'm Jessica, a shaman and the founder of The Way Shamanic Academy, where I initiate people all over the world on the path of shamanism through shamanic journeys and transformational programs. On this podcast, I share what I encounter in my daily work as a shaman and everything related to shamanic healing, spiritual warfare, and creating heaven on earth. This podcast is based on my own experiences and opinions and not a substitute for medical advice. Come journey with me. My world of phrasing right now to back. It's the daisy age and you're about to walk top stage, so wipe your lottoes on the map. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode and happy Valentine's Day. That'll have a different connotation like in your body after hearing this episode <laughs> and thank you to the person who on my weekly like ask me anything thingy on instagram asked me about the significance of valentine's day because it reminded me that there's another holiday um, of which we haven't covered the satanic roots yet and that's what we'll be doing here for all of you fellow history symbolism dorks I welcome you, I see you, I love you, I am you. (laughs) And um, in case you're wondering, what does this have to do with shamanism? You'll notice that a lot of my podcast episodes are kind of like shamanism adjacent and more about spiritual warfare. Because Satanists throughout history, whether you want to call them Luciferians, the dark, whatever, they try to weave in their disgusting stuff everywhere and bring it into our daily lives and holidays are a big way in which they do that look in addition to these few holidays that are very mainstream they have a satanic calendar that has many many holidays and feasts and sacrificial rites each month they're obsessed it's like never ending but um, these are a few that they have brought into the mainstream and valentine's day is one of them so it starts with saint valentine it used to be called saint valentine's day as well but now it's just valentine's day and he was a martyr there were actually two guys called valentine who were sacrificed or let's say just killed on the same day and they were seen as saints they had gone into the canon of saints of sanctity and With religion's institutions, this is why I'm always so skeptical of them, because they really govern our collective consciousness in a big way, and they know that. So when religions change and evolve over time, they always want to bring Luciferianism or Bill slash Moloch slash Saturn slash Satan worship, whatever you want to call it, into the mainstream. So they always have to weave that occult stuff into these um, other holidays or dates or feasts, whether those are in origin astrological or they're actually beautiful or Essene, they always try and um, mix it up so that ultimately we end up with this day that we're all partaking in and we all lend our collective consciousness to it, but we don't know what it actually is about. And unconsciously, we're partaking in a big sacrificial ritual that actually honors uh, and brings our energy in connection with spirits and beings that we don't necessarily want to connect with, right? So that's why it's important to know. So let's see, whether you are celebrating Christmas or if you listen to the Astro World concerts, 
podcast episode. It doesn't mean that if you celebrate these holidays or you go to a concert, you're going to get entity attachment or you're doing something bad. You should enjoy your life. I love Christmas. I would never stop celebrating Christmas. But once you understand the symbolism and the let's say, ritualistic aspects of it. You can do it in a different way. Plus, if you are going to partake in something that feels a little dodgy to you, you can anoint yourself, anoint your stuff. Just be aware and you can that way take the control back and uh, turn it back right side up. Because what we're talking about here is all part of the reversal that's been ongoing since the day of the Essenes and before that, actually. So it is really important stuff. So I'm not going to go too in-depth into all the dates and the saints and everything would just give you an overview and then talk about why it is so important Um, although i feel like i've covered that a little bit so saint valentine the martyr that sacred date was very close to actually the next day on february 15th was the roman feast called lupercalia so when feasts or dates are very close together it's a great opportunity for these institutions to kind of mash them up together and take some beautiful alliance aspects of it and weave it in with the darkness so the feast of lupercalia it has the word loop or lupus in it lupus actually means wolf those of you Harry Potter fans may recognize this, or if you've studied Latin. I was very blessed to have a mom who is a classicist, so she knows ancient Latin and Greek and mythology and all of that, so those were like my bedtime stories. So this feast celebrated the wolf that suckled, let's say mothered, Romulus and Remus, who were the founders of Rome, which, you know, if you listen to the episode about the reversal, you know what Rome was about, and that's quite interesting symbolism in itself. But this feast, Lupercalia, was a big orgy. That's the only way to describe it, really, feast that honored, celebrated the horned god. So again, Lucifer, Satan, Moloch, Baal, Uh, whoever you want to call it. That's the horned god. You will always see the horn symbolism or you'll see the owl or the goats comes in many, many, many ways. This is how they mask and and weave all the symbolism in everywhere because it goes under so many faces. So this Lupercalia promoted all of this sexual excess and uh, fertility basically with these orgies. And they did that with the spirit Eros. So Eros was one of those spirits they had in the Roman Empire, which are all of these adaptations of gods from the ancient Greeks, which were all very dodgy, uh, let's say gods that were all marrying their sisters and practicing practicing incest and like totally obsessed with sex and everything and eros is where the word erotic comes from and he's also who cupid is based on so cherubs are not babies guys little babies with wings it's based on eros and eros would it's actually interesting that the name eros is very similar to the word arrow which we'll get into by the way just realized that But he was the god of eroticism, of lust, really. And he would be blindfolded, shoot arrows in people's butts, and make them fall in love 
uh, or more importantly, have sex. And all these arrows would be shot off totally random. So this is really critical because it's not about love or the way that the Essenes would match people based on their astrological charts or because you have a shared mission together in bringing heaven on earth. It was totally random sex. And that is really important because with these celebrations, especially when there's sex magic involved, it calls on and brings forth these spirits. So instead of bringing forth the kingdom of heaven on earth, which happens through monogamous relationships, even though people don't want to hear it today because polygamy is being pushed everywhere. I also have a podcast episode about that, by the way, and I explain how uh, people end up with demonic attachments and how you basically exchange energy with every person the person you're having sex with has had sex with and why we are raised by shows like Sex and the City and all of that. It's, be- it's to promote this over-sexualized way of living because what it does is it doesn't give any chance to the cornerstone of God on earth, of bringing heaven on earth, which is the family unit, and it is a monogamous relationship. So this is what this agenda really comes down to. It's to break that down. And when people celebrate these rituals and the same symbolism with the same energy attached to it over and over again, it creates what is called an egregore. It's kind of like an object link. So it's basically a set of symbols, words, energetic charge attached to it that becomes its own entity over time. It becomes its own thought form, its own form of consciousness. And that can be aligned when it comes to, let's say, Christ consciousness, which also has a lot of symbolism to it. Not all of it. You know, a lot of that is so polluted as well. But when it's an unaligned egregore, demons attach to it. And every time that it is practiced and people connect their consciousness with that egregore, they connect with the demons attached to it. So let's go into the symbolism a little bit more. Obviously, there's a heart. So the heart actually, when you withdraw a heart and where the two lines join in the center with that little indent, if you would keep drawing that line, you would end up with a vesica Pisces. And that's basically an oval shape. So it's an upright oval shape. So if you know the Chanel logo or the Volvo logo or the Olympic, the Olympics logo, right? Those circles that overlap. That's a vesica Pisces. And a vesica Pisces is a vagina. So it's also, if you turn it upside down, it's, it can symbolize testicles, which it does when it comes to this, um, Lupercalia festival, but also you can see butts, like a butt, Um, It also symbolizes, interestingly, the sylvium seed pod. And that was a seed that was used for contraception so that people could have more free sex in ancient Roman times. And they used it so much that it went extinct. So this is really says a lot about what the Roman Empire was about in that time and what the Essenes were separating themselves from, which was mass demonic attachment. So when you look at the arrow, 
that is the symbol or egregore for the archer or the hunter. So Nimrod, who was one of the most important, let's say, founders of Babylon, which was all about the sex magic, human sacrifice, devil worship on a mass scale, he was an archer. So it was the sign of the bowman. And what's interesting is that the sign of the bowman is also the two fingers, so the index finger and the middle finger, because those are used to shoot a bow and arrow. And if you've ever seen a picture of Baphomet, which is also Baal, Devil, Satan, etc., you see them because it's an hermaphrodite figure, which hermaphrodite, by the way, is also the brother of Eros. It's a combination of the words Hermes and Aphrodites. So that's that's also in that family, basically. So the sign, as above, so below, is made with those two fingers, and that refers to the archer or the hunter, who was seen as the rebel, like the um, like the little devil child, basically. So the hunter is all about rebellion in the Bible, the Torah, even before that. So that's what Cupid or Eros is basically doing. So every time that you buy stuff that has that on that, you spend your money on it, which means that you're entering into a contract with that egregore, that's all of the stuff that you're attaching your consciousness to. So Cupid, he's the son of Venus and Mercury, and uh, his brother was uh, the hermaphrodite, basically. And Cupid, or Eros, is the sex-crazy god. So why this all matters is because it has nothing to do with love. And love and marriage is what God is. So family is really the cornerstone of bringing heaven on earth. So this is why society tries to get us to live in this hyper-sexualized reality. And it promotes all of these open relationships, free sex. Now, open relationships, even as a spiritual path, and it's all really to break down the cornerstone of society. So even something stupid and cheesy and cliche as Valentine's Day is a part of spiritual warfare. So all these sigils, so these egregores, these symbols, are highly charged energy in the collective. They bring that in around these dates, and that is a portal. So it's an open doorway. And just remember that love doesn't come from sexuality. You know, sex is fun, but sex, sexuality, sex without love, it's ultimately worth nothing. And it's not random. It's not blind. I don't, by the way, even believe in unconditional love unless it's between a parent and child. It shouldn't be blind. It should be a portal to heaven on earth, and it should be a line. And it shouldn't be a portal to Bill of all spirits, right? So when you partake in these holidays, anoints cleanse yourself, align yourself with the good and actual love, and also remember that you don't need this stupid day in the year that is all about mass consumerism. And you see with all of these occult holidays like uh, Christmas, Halloween, check out those podcast episodes as well, that they're all brought into the mainstream in only the 20th century, really, with mass advertisements and stuff. And you don't need that day to celebrate your love for someone else. You should do that every day. That's what life's about. Okay, see you on the next episode. Bye, guys.